0: Block Talk Radio. Oh, oh, oh. Got to it to the, it you better,
1: better watch who you're talking hey. about. Running your mouth like you know me. you gon' gonna put around the tree. to show me. get called call it show me. Why want to, one you can't hold me. If your last name was hanging. Only when you were me, I'd have my name on your pants. No resident of France. But you swear I'm from terrorist. Son, it's a Trying to get hurt, this is my change to your change. Sprint a motor Motorola, no service out of your range. You're out of your brain thinking I'm going to shout out your name. You got a summer with better ways and access to get your name. All that pressure you were crying it's time to ease off. Before I hit you from the front, start taking your sleeves off. As much as we've lost, it's hard to please, boss. Don't be lying, You're crying, suck at the a loss. Cause your axe is right, your old label is right, and matter of fact. said some website like that line, man, because I got mine. Who oh, don't rise up on a flat line? Oh, my uncle could see me now. If he can see how many rappers wanna be me now. Straight in emulating my style, right to the downtown. Can't leave out the store now, Better wait till then calm down. I got a shawty, coming after you with a party. Oh, Lord, will I continue to act naughty? Mix it with sympathetic, I'm a to for sure. I'm not a man of minute. Judging what's real hip-hop Half the time beat see them the Album flop You know Done sinking It ain't left the dock. Come on man Cause I'm high man, Cause he's nice You ain't gotta give me my props Just give me the yacht Give me my rocks And keep my fans coming and flop Till you top the Super Bowl Keep that mouth on lock I'm away. <laughs> I'm copy on the mic But I'm humble in real life Taking nothing for granted Blessing everything on my life Trying to see a new light At the top of the roof Baby not. But I speak the truth, I hate the truth, really acting so I
2: This is NASCAR driver Brad Keselowski, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio.
3: From Duggan Nation, uh, I'm Tim Despain, alongside com Mr. Stephen Wilson, he's right side, right outside of Richmond Raceway. And the way the crow flies, I'm approximately eight miles south of this 2.66 mile monster we call the Super Speedway
4: Stephen, how you doing this evening, brother? Uh, I'm all right. I'm I'm making
3: along, I guess. I know I sure do miss that warm weather down there in South Florida,
4: brother. Well, it was 40 degrees out here right now, uh, here in Virginia. So, um, it's, uh, it's supposed to get a little bit colder tonight. So,
3: I know what I'm about like you. I, I'm getting where I keep handling this cold with But, let everybody know the number to call in. is 215 383 Tonight we got our guest coming on, uh, Mr. Eric Erdman. Uh, a young man that is terminally ill with cancer. He's gonna join us at set excuse me, seven twenty Eastern time. Uh Angela Russ had a wrap on her uh niece motorsports number forty four shipper there at Homestead Miami speedway for the truck race this past weekend there, honoring him. Stephen, so before we get on into everything, uh I wanna jump a little bit forward. Uh I was wanted to say this for last, but uh Steve Phelps, you know, he always makes his uh I call it State of the Union. They call it State of the Sport address there at Homestead Miami Speedway. And uh, I want to listen to a little bit of this before you and I talk about that, before Eric come on. So this is Steve Phelps in the Media Center at Homestead Miami Speedway.
5: All right. Good morning, everybody. And uh, welcome to Championship Sunday here at Homestead Miami Speedway. This is our final media availability of the day. And we're pleased to have Steve Phelps, president of NASCAR, joining us here in the Media Center. Uh, Steve, let's start off here with uh, 2019 uh, has been a season where we've had uh, marked with great racing, some fairly significant industry change, and some real momentum for our sport with ratings up and fan engagement on the rise. Why don't you start off with just some thoughts on how the 2019 season has gone from your vantage. Uh, thanks, Eric. Uh, and thank you, everyone, f- for being here this morning. Uh, let me start by uh, doing the same thing I did last year at this press conference, which is to thank the media. Um, The race teams, the drivers, the crews are the ones that provide the compelling uh, stories from the track, Um, but it's what you do with those storylines to amplify those to reach our fan base. So I want to thank you for the job that you do. It's important uh, whether this is your first race of the year or it's your 38th race weekend, I want to thank you for being here. Um, Secondly, I'd like to thank uh, or congratulate Matt Crafton. Uh, Duke and Rhonda for their uh, Gander Outdoors Truck Series Championship, Matt's third. Uh, I want to congratulate Tyler Reddick for his second consecutive Xfinity Championship uh, and Richard Childress uh, and the RCR folks, as well as uh, Ford on Friday night and Chevy last night. So, um, really excited about what we're going to see today. Um, just a the, these four drivers and what they've done to get here, I think, is incredible. I think we're going to see some phenomenal racing uh, in front of a packed house and an un- unbelievable audience, both from a, a television standpoint and then digital and social. So with that, um, I will start to answer your question, Eric. Um, I, I think if you take a step back and you, and you think back to um, where we were in February of the Daytona 500, Um, It was an industry that was finding its footing, right, and a sport that was finding its footing. Um, And you could feel the sport kind of rallying around itself. You could feel momentum that was coming um, and a real excitement. And the narrative that you all were were talking about, uh, the sport, it it felt different. It felt different. And that difference, in my opinion, really starts at the top. Um, It starts with – Um, Jim France and his vision. Um, You know, Jim went to almost every race weekend this weekend, uh, this year, uh, the 2019 season. He's here because it's important, and he's here here because he loves it. He loves loves NASCAR racing. He loves racing in general. Um, And so that that was the start of it, Jim's vision and then a, a plan to bring this sport to a place where we were being successful and we're having success. And I would say that if you think and you take stock of where we are, um, I'd say we had an incredible season. And I'm incredibly proud of the people who work in this industry uh, and what they've done to execute against this plan. Because it's not just NASCAR's plan. It's what NASCAR does and what others do to support what that plan looks like, race teams, drivers, drivers tracks, uh, our media partners and sponsors, it's really important that everyone uh, has come together. Um, I've been teased a little bit about using the word collaboration too much. I don't think you can use that word too much, frankly. And I would say, and it's building, that the collaboration of this industry is better than it's ever been. So really excited about, about where that is. Um, if you look at the results, uh, I start with the competition always. Our competition right now in the intermediate tracks and the, and the super speedways, I believe, is the best racing we've ever seen. I'll start with myself as a fan. I love watching, uh, and super excited about when we get to these intermediate tracks and these, um, you know, and the super speedways. The type of racing that we are going to that we are going to see. Do I think that we need to to work with our industry, Goodyear, our race teams, uh, our OEM partners to improve what we're seeing on the short tracks? I do. And we're going to do that in the off-season for sure. Um, the results from the competition side are working from a consumption standpoint. So if you look at the fans and what the fans are doing and how they're responding to it, if you look, you know, kind of apples to apples, our ratings are up four percent this year. All of sports is down nine percent. We're plus four. Importantly, our share is plus nine. So there are fewer people who are watching television. In all sports, obviously, but fewer people watching television overall. So when they were watching, not only did they watch more NASCAR from a rating standpoint, but when they were tuned in, they were watching more NASCAR. We were taking share from someone else, which is important. So that's television. Our digital and social numbers continue to to climb. And they do because we're providing great content, content on the racetrack, and then how we're repackaging that both on race day uh, but also during the week, it is compelling and it's working. Uh, and then innovation: how are we going to to find new new fans and innovate and and create um, engagement around existing fans, but also new fans? So three things I would highlight there. You look at our announcement on Thursday uh, with Track Pass and NBC Sports Gold. We're thrilled with what that opportunity looks like. We doubled down from a grassroots standpoint. NBC has been a phenomenal partner on that, so if you look at the grassroots portion of what we're going to see from Short Tracks, uh, the ARCA Menard Series, um, what was k K-9 East and West, um, ARCA East and West, um, the opportunity to have IMSA on there, American Flat Track. Um, these are important parts because if motorsports is growing, we the, at NASCAR, at kind of at the top of the heap, we are going to be growing too, and that's important. Um, What's happened from a sports betting standpoint? We're just getting our footing on that. If you look at the, um, what is the integrity portion of that and our relationship with sports radar, and then the distribution, that partnership we had with Genius Sports, they're important parts to continue to, to create engagement with our race fans. And last would be eSports, um, what we've done with iRacing and what we've done with Heat Pro League. Those numbers in each of those series exceeded our expectations. A couple more things here. Um, Importantly, uh, again, as you take stock of the season, one important thing, and it was a lot of work that folks certainly uh, worked on, was with the ISC NASCAR merger, uh, which was completed roughly a month ago. It will be an important part of what our future holds. So the work that was done getting us to that point, uh, I think will pay dividends down the line. So you're going to take the best of what was ISC and the best of what was NASCAR and create a bigger, stronger uh, uh, entity as, as NASCAR that will help service the fans. I've also been um, teased um, pretty mightily on the fact that every time I come to a press conference like this, I talk about the fans. Um, and I'm going to continue to do that unapologetically because the first lens that we're going to look through is what the fans are interested in having on the racetrack, and how we service those fans. It's critically important. So our broadcast partners important, sponsors important, teams, drivers, absolutely, they're all important stakeholders. The most important stakeholder we have is our fan base. Um, and then, uh, lastly, I just want to thank—I um, wanted to thank the media, which I did. I want to thank the, the industry. Um, We've had, a, we've had a phenomenal season. Um, 38 race weekends is a lot of race weekends. Um, for me, it went very quickly. Um, I can't believe we're already at our championship race here in Homestead uh, on this Sunday and, and going to crown our new Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series champion. Um, whether it's uh, Kevin or Kyle or Martin, their second, or Denny's first, uh, it's going to be phenomenal. But I do want to thank all the stakeholders. Um, our race teams, the crews, um, our tracks, our media partners, um, they, everyone bands together to create success in this sport, and I think that's exactly what we've done. So with that, I'll open up for questions. All right, thanks, Steve.
3: Then that was uh, NASCAR Steve Phelps there with the state of the sport address this past Sunday morning there at uh, Homestead-Miami Speedway that you and I. I had an opportunity there to sit there and listen. Can you? Uh, what did you? What was your take out of that deal there, Stephen? I know there was a lot said and uh, there was a lot more interview there with the questions, but I went ahead and cut it short because I just want to hear what uh, Steve Phelps had had to say about the state of the sport. And there was a mention there about some type of, uh, not really a truly electric car, but something towards saving energy or something. Uh, building energy up in the car to save for power, and uh, down the road there, there were some questions that was posed to, to Steve about maybe that uh, that push button pit uh, pass thing deal that IndyCar does and all that. But just what was your take out of Steve Phelps' interview there at Homestead Miami Speedway?
4: Um, well, I, I think the biggest thing is that he acknowledges the fact of there's work to be done um, in 2020 with, and I know that we're moving to our new car in 2021, but he acknowledges the fact that the short tracks and the racing on the short tracks and the uh, road courses this year has fell short of what the fans have asked for. And that used to be some of the most competitive racing that we've had, um, it is on the short tracks, on the road courses, and fans said, you know, you've got to do something to fix the racing on the 1.5-mile racetracks. Now, I'm going to blame the RTA because the RTA got together and said they wanted one common package all the way throughout every track. And unfortunately, you know, we, we just cannot have a one-size-fit-all in the sport. Um, we can't build one car and take it to road courses and short tracks and 1.5-mile tracks and super speedways. It just doesn't work, and we've seen that this year. So we've seen increased passing, better racing on 1.5-mile racetracks, but now we swap that out for tracks at Martinsville, Richmond, Phoenix, Lockins, Glen, et cetera, where the racing was the most competitive, and now it's some of the least competitive. And, you know, in my opinion, I think, to be totally honest on this subject, is, is that they NASCAR needs to take the mentality of Big Bill France. And I know Jim is there, and he's the son of the founder of the sport. And, um, I know that he's got more of a, maybe a tempered approach um, than Big Bill did. And while that's all nice and fine, and I think that fits in because, you know, being too strong-handed is just as bad as just, you know, letting teams and drivers and whatever get away with everything. But there needs to become a point where NASCAR just says, look, we're we're, we're the sanctioning body here. We'll take your thoughts into consideration. But anything that the RTA says, we have to take it with a grain of salt. It's self-service. When a race car driver says, I want this done in a race car, or I'd like to make this change to the package, or I'd like to do this differently at a racetrack, they're doing it because they're self serving And everybody has to come to kind of that realization that they're doing this because they want to perform better. They don't care about the next guy. They don't care about their teammate. They don't care about anybody else. They, it, it, it's a lot of the fact of, they become a bit self-serving into what is going to make them perform better. And I think that's where the RTA has kind of put this package where everybody has the same thing. And while, yes, it increased the racing at these 1.5-mile race tracks, which is something that the fans have been asking for, it's also decreased the competition. And Steve Phelps has acknowledged that, that, there's work that needs to be done because we need to be competitive across the board. Every race is not going to be competitive from start to finish or even the middle, but we can't swap great racing at short tracks and super speedways and road courses like we have and now have great racing only at 1.5 mile racetracks. So we have to have a blend of racing, competitive racing across the board, when we come to a place like Richmond, when we come to a place like Martinsville, when you go to a place like uh, Phoenix, which used to have passing all around the track and drivers saying, look, we can't pass, we cannot yet pass this person, it's impossible to pass um, at these places, then there needs to be a change. And I think, you know, Steve has acknowledged that. Steve has, to quote him, said there's some levers they can pull. And I hope that they do pull them because, you know, I I, I don't I, I don't think any team or any driver or anybody out there wants to see us just, you know, build all brand-new cars for one year and throw them away. That's a waste of money. But at the same time, we need to be able to have competitive racing across the board no matter where we are, and we just can't swap uh, one for the other where, you know, fans were asking for it at 1.5 mile racetracks. Now fans are asking it for it at short tracks. And, you know, while they've acknowledged this, I think that sometimes we – Sometimes I think the NASCAR and the RTA, is, you know, this long-term approach um, isn't going to work out because the RTA is going to continue to voice their opinions and things that are going to serve them best, and NASCAR is going to do the same that's going to serve them best. But it's like baseball and any other stick-and-ball sport. Um, team owners and everybody should have a say, yes, yeah, but the series or whoever is putting these events on should have the final say into this take everybody's opinion into consideration, and then find out what works best for everybody, not just a few, not just the RTA, not just Joe Goods racing that won 19, what, 18, 19 races this year. They need to find out what works for everybody, and I think while they're doing this, you know, um, and change sometimes can be slow in the sport, um, and rightfully so, because it takes time to Build these cars, test these cars, research these cars, and and get the best competitive racing that we can. Um, I think there's already things out there that have been proven um, on these race cars that, as they currently sit today, that we can take a small selection of these cars and and swap parts back out um, to make them more competitive on these short shorter tracks and um, you know, horses and. And NASCAR, like I said, has indicated that's the direction that they're going to look at and what that direction looks like when we get to beyond Daytona next year um, and we come to Richmond, Martinsville, Phoenix, and Fox Sonoma, for example. Um, we'll have to see. But at least they're acknowledging this. At least they, they say that they've got to work on this. And, again, they're responding to what the fans have, are asking for fans asked for something to help the racing at 1.5 mile racetrack. NASCAR delivered on that. Now NASCAR is working to deliver to get racing back to where it was at the shorter track and road
2: And hold
3: that thought there, Mr. Stephen Wilson. We've got a young man I met this past weekend there at Homestead Miami Speedway. Uh, This young man right here is, I mean, he really, he really touched my heart. We want to bring in from uh, At least Motorsports, uh, Mr. Eric Erdman in the pit stop with Tim Espain and Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. night brother
6: i'm doing awesome how are you guys i'm doing
3: great eric and i want to thank you again for taking time out to come on uh and uh i'm gonna let uh steven wilson at speedwaydigest.com he's right outside of richmond raceway i'm gonna let him ask you a few questions and then he'll throw you back over to me and we'll let you jump out of here but uh you know since i interviewed you down there at home fed Mammy speedway thanks again brother i'm
6: gonna hand you over to Stephen Wilson. Okay. I got to say, first off, <laughs> I was uh, listening in. I got in early, and there, it was amazing listening to th- the show. It was really cool.
3: Thank you very much, Eric. We really do appreciate everything. Thank you.
4: You're welcome. Eric, thanks. I appreciate you t- taking the t- time to come on here tonight. Um, my first question to you is to talk a little bit about how this deal came together. And what? How how did this deal come together where you were able to be on the side of that truck this past weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway?
6: So uh, how it is? So uh, Angela Rooks, she's my aunt. She uh, well, her and my well, Uncle Michael. My Uncle Michael actually married her, and uh, <laughs> it's actually pretty funny when. uh Uh, He was like, oh, my God, like, uh, I'm going to marry this NASCAR driver. And we all, like, turned our heads a little bit. We were like, what do you mean? (laughs) And he goes, oh, no, it's a female in the sport. So uh, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, through the years, I was building my foundation up. And, uh, you know, with the help of my mom and so many other people, uh, you know, we finally got to a place where – they, they were like, oh, you know, uh, my uncle and my Aunt Ange, uh, she was like, Eric, you know, this race is going to be for you. So uh, they, uh, you know, fully wrapped the car in the uh, the foundation, which it still blows my mind. And uh, also uh, she allowed me to uh, design the car, too.
4: Uh, talk a little bit about the, what the foundation is for and what you guys, the, the future of the foundation and what you're looking to accomplish by it. And how much was going to Homestead Miami Speedway this past weekend able to capitalize on some exposure for the foundation?
6: Yes. Yeah, so uh, so the foundation, it's called Give a, Give a Child a Voice. Uh, it's all based around... Basically, what I went through as a child, but uh, you know, as I went on thinking early on in this foundation, we started off. It was like more about me getting my getting my treatment of well, for my brain cancer, and uh, then we switched it to actually, you know, about you know, as the as our what we're doing business as, give a child a voice. So uh, it's based around bullying, uh, child abuse and uh uh sorry uh life threatening illness, and uh you know when I was <laughs> so it's kind of crazy so I became a victim of uh bullying and child abuse uh this was the ages from eleven to thirteen uh you know uh it felt like uh I was on you know my own island, I was like an outcast, if you will, and uh so you know then three years later getting diagnosed with cancer, you know, it it was insane. And uh pretty much the whole fo- the foundation, um, it's pretty much like my backbone I feel. It's like, you know, in, in those dark times like I have like right now, I I know like, you know, there's something that I can lean on. And, you know, this past uh this past Miami race, it uh it was amazing. Um, we actually so this was the launch of the Give a Child a Voice, uh, which was national. So it was the Give a Child a Voice, uh, basically, wait, uh, gym giveaway. And so what it was, where was the uh, so schools were going to, uh, and it's still open, are going to submit why their school. So like a person in the community, a student, a you know, someone who works in school uh, could submit why their school to be picked for a Give a Child a Voice uh, gym, and uh, you know it, it was so amazing that you know this weekend it was it's, it was for that because uh, you know the exposure we got with uh, seeing Angela um, in the race and seeing her go around and around in, uh, in her car. It was truly amazing. Uh, I always say that one lap is almost like, I feel like at least one person will see the logo. And then, you know, say 200 laps in, 200 people seen the logo. And it blows my mind. And uh, the exposure was crazy. And uh, I was, uh, my mom and I always talked, and uh, Angela uh, crashed, this is early on in the season, and, uh, you know, uh, when she crashed, uh, I was, you know, all freaked out. And But uh, my mom told me, you know, uh, bad exposure is good exposure because uh, with the whole uh, the logo on the car, you know, it, it's amazing that all these people are seeing this bogo and also what it stands for and what it means.
4: Well, Eric, I appreciate you taking the time to come on this weekend and congratulations for... Um you guys getting the media attention that um, this foundation deserves and being able to launch it this past weekend. I'm going to hand you back over to Tim. Thanks a lot again for coming on here tonight.
6: Oh, thank you so much. It is, it is, it is my honor to come on. I, I'm so blown away. Thanks, Stephen. And, Eric, talk a
3: little bit. I know I had uh, posed a question to you down at Homestead Miami Speedway about when you become a... Uh, a NASCAR fan, you mentioned about you used to lay in the floor with your brothers, and I used to do the same thing and watch NASCAR on a TV. Talk a little bit about how you got attracted to the sport of NASCAR, which I know you mentioned uh, uh, your Uncle Mike there and your Aunt Ann's there doing all this stuff. But as uh, far as above the truck series, going you know, to the Xfinity Series, Cup Series, and all that, uh, just talk a little bit about what the average deal there of Eric is on a race weekend.
6: Um, so, uh, you know, um, I was talking to you a little bit yeah before, but, uh, yeah, I mean, how it came about was, uh, uh, my brother and myself, like, we were just, like, looking around for something to watch, and this was early on in my life. You know, I was, like, eight years old, and my brother was 10, and, uh, you know, we just stumbled upon, like, NASCAR, and we didn't know what it was, but just seeing, like, you know. Like amazing drivers go like top speed and control that it it was blowing my mind like you know we sat on the floor ate potato chips and we were having the best time of our life it was so awesome and Eric going back to I I know Stephen
3: posed a question there about your foundation and everything there and with you going to Homestead Miami Speedway can you take all extras through the weekend of Eric there going to Homestead Miami, Miami Speedway being it actually sitting in the pits there with uh, your aunt, Aunt Ange, and all these people just walking around, and the media that was revolved around you, not only An- Angela but Eric too. Can you talk a little bit about the experience there at Homestead, Miami Speedway this past weekend?
6: Um. So uh, sadly, uh, I actually I didn't get to make the race uh, during uh, qualifying. I got sick, and uh, it, you know. It, wasn't, it wasn't the best, you know. In, in my situation, uh, I, I try to make as you know, much stuff as I can, but, uh, yeah, sadly, I couldn't make the race. But it, it, I, I was definitely watching her on TV.
3: That's right, brother.
6: I understand.
3: I do. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? I don't know if you want to talk about your illness or not, but if you would like to, we will give you that time. If you don't, don't worry about
6: it. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'll definitely talk about an illness. I'm an open book. <laughs> That's so, right, uh, so I got diagnosed. Uh, well, let me go back to the very beginning. So um, it to basically, like, tell my whole story. So uh, when I was born, uh, I, I weighed one pound and 15 ounces. I was a preemie. Uh, I had five major operations uh, and at the time of my birth I actually had a twin brother and uh, when I was born sadly he passed away on the exact day I was born and you know I had many operations and you know the biggest one was well I would say one of the biggest ones when I was a baby was the uh, reconstruction of my airway and uh, you know my airway was like a basically like a pin, like a pin. And uh, they, they opened it up, you know, thank goodness. And, you know, growing up, I had uh, trouble going through school and stuff. And, um, you know, it was rough because being a preemie have having so many, you know, me having so many learning disabilities, I had to get help with reading math and, you know, so much more. Uh, You know, it, it was rough. Definitely. You know, I would say, like making friends and like getting out there because i was I was shy and introverted for sure and uh you know when you know as I said before at the ages of eleven to uh thirteen this is when I was victim of child abuse and bullying and uh then three years after later after that um, I then got diagnosed with a uh former brain cancer uh it's a it was a grade 3 ana, anaplastic astrocytoma uh and now since actually you know going through uh four brain surgeries three rounds of radiation and a round of a, a clinical clinical trial which basically goes rat monkey me <laughs> and but uh that was uh, chemotherapy so you know I went through a lot, and uh, you know, uh, my uh, first surgery actually, uh, my uh, one aunt started a GoFundMe, and uh, within 13 days, uh, the GoFundMe was six, raised raised $64,000. And the reason why the GoFundMe was started was because of I had to go out of state to get my first round of radiation and you know since i was you know out of state uh you know it, it was different and you know it, it it was crazy so we had after basically detailing it out and uh, uh putting all that money aside for uh, my radiation uh then a gofundme approached uh at the same time where when i was down in uh Houston Texas, getting radiation And uh, they asked, you know, what what do you want for? So they asked, like, what's your wish? And you know, I I contemplating about it for probably about a week, and I was actually uh, in a uh, MRI tube thinking about it because you know I had never been, you know, that the kid that always wanted the the spotlight be shined on him, and uh, then I was I seen my mom and my brother in the waiting room, and I told them, you know, this is what I would like my wish to be, and um, I said I would like to uh, refurbish my high school weight room, and with that, uh, they well, at first they were like, wait, what? And uh, yeah, so the wish uh, was for make a wish to refurbish my high school weight room. But we we, uh, ran into some issues because the uh, Make-A-Wish, a wish, wish, sorry, uh, the wish was $14,000. And uh, the gym ended up being a $300,000 weight room. And uh, how it happened was basically from the foundation's uh, connections and uh, our connections which was kind of insane, And, uh, yeah, it was, it's pretty crazy. And, uh, then from that, uh, the, uh, foundation actually did my, rival, the rival school, my rival high school, uh, weight room. And, uh, that ended up being like 75,000. But, um, yeah, that was a little, like, I would say backstory of the whole foundation. And, uh, with my health with my health you know right now it's it's not good i would say because uh i mean it's terrible to be honest (laughs) i uh sometimes you know i'm not honest like with people with my health wise i don't know why but uh yeah so now actually i have uh, 19 tumors in my brain and i only have about three months left to live and uh as of now, you know I'm taking it day by day, and uh, I'm trying to push through, and uh, you know, hoping that uh, you know something comes out that I can do. But you know, I realize that uh, if this is it, you know, at the end of the road, that's fine because I'm surrounded by you know people who who you know I personally love, you know, friends and family.
3: And Eric, I want to tell you when I talked to you at Miami Speedway, I did not realize that. And you are an inspiration to me, uh, and I'm sure to Stephen and Suzanne and I and uh, everybody here in the NASCAR Nation. Uh, I know we're all pulling for you, but I want to, I want to thank you for coming out and saying all that. Like I said, you know when I interviewed you there, you was in a wheelchair. You compared, you wanted to stand up. And your mom said, uh, you know, I told you, no, Eric, just sit down. I said, no, I'll stand up. I said, Eric, just sit down. And I want to I want to say this bit, you know, like I mentioned to you, I kneeled down in front of you in the wheelchair and done the interview. And like I said, I had a right hip replacement. And I was sitting there, you know, hurting and hurting and hurting. But that is nothing like what you're going through. So, uh, people, I met, I want you all to put, listen, this is an inspiration here. A young man that is fighting for his life and he was trying to get up out of his wheelchair to give Tim Spain an interview. And that's really awesome, brother. I wanna thank you very much. And like I said, we're praying for you and is there anything you wanna talk about? You got the floor, brother.
6: Ever how long you want it you got it. Um uh, yeah, so uh with the uh that nationwide uh basically the the gym giveaway. Um uh yeah we actually are we started a GoFundMe with that and also uh uh you know trying to get that ball rolling and uh I mean the huge way to help, you know, is to for people to visit our website and, you know if, if they could, you know, like ple if, if you could, please donate because, you know, Every, every dollar counts, but, you know, if not, just please just spread the word about the foundation because, you know, it really, it, it really makes a difference. And uh, so uh, with the uh, the first gym, uh, I forgot to tell you, uh, so the first Give a Child a Voice weight room, it actually, uh, w- so there's a uh, thing, it's called the ABC uh it's like a uh, basically the Oscars for uh construction construction world. And uh so the gym actually won it won states for best uh, construction project for local. And then uh they went uh, national and uh they won national as well. And it still blows my mind.
3: That's awesome, here. And before we let you jump out of here, like I said, we would like to have you come on just whenever you get ready, whenever you have time, whenever you feel like it. We, we will entertain you on our show as long as you want to be on there. But I want to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, I know you're big in the Truck Series, the x Series there, but uh, what's your thoughts about Kyle Busch winning the 2019 Monster Energy National Cup Series Championship, Eric? I want to get your thoughts on that one,
6: brother. I... Um, uh, I'll be honest, I mean, I didn't really watch it, <laughs> to be honest, uh, just because, uh, you know, I-, I wasn't, you know, feeling the best. And, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, someone has to win. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> so, that, that's my, my, my take on the, the uh, well, Sunday festivities. That's awesome, brother.
3: And, Eric, I've got your cell phone number. I know my wife, Suzanne, my daughter and wife, Suzanne, are our, our, our college winner there. She got it, too. So uh, we will definitely be in touch. Um, anytime you want to come on, uh, I think I give uh, Sarah my cell number. We would gladly have you on. You can maybe do some picks or something next year. You know, Daytona 500, we can get, like, Eric's picks or something like that. But, again, Eric. I want to thank you so much for taking time out to come on. And like I said, you are an inspiration to not only my the listeners, but to me. Whenever uh, I got your testimony there, and uh, Eric, is anybody you want to thank before we let you jump out of here, uh, I know you want to thank Angela and all them, but you got the floor, brother. Uh, thank whoever you want to.
6: Yeah, I mean, my mom, my brother, uh, and you know everybody, and also Angela. I mean. They played a huge part, and uh, someone who played, you know, a major part also is uh, my Uncle Michael. You know, he bent over backwards just to basically help me try to get get my foundation off the ground, and it was truly amazing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, my mom works day in and day out. Sorry.
3: You're fine. Take your time, Eric.
6: <clears throat> Sorry about that, I mean, she works day in and day out, and uh you know <laughs> the foundation you know it like making how far we got to it's all because of her and what she does, so I mean, I was just biggest thank you to her.
3: That's awesome, Mary again, thank you very much. Well, we'll get you on. We'll get you back on, brother. Again, thank you very much. Uh, and I'm going to send my condolences there from Stephen Wilson. And I, well, not, not, not. Thank you very much for joining us there, Eric. And we will talk to you, I don't know, a couple of weeks if you want
6: to. Okay, sounds good. All right, thanks, Eric. We'll nice see you, brother. You. Thank you guys so much.
3: You're welcome, brother. We'll talk at you later, Eric. All right, see ya. Eric there, Stephen, that young man. To hear him talk, like I told you, I got the interview there on my audio recorder, and to hear him just talk about that, and, I mean, that young man's awesome. He knows that he's terminally evil. He's okay with that. He's okay with the Lord and all that stuff there. But, to actually hear him talk, he's an inspiration, Steven. I mean, you know, like I mentioned, when I knelt over to interview him there, he was trying to get up out of the wheelchair to actually talk. And I said, no, Eric, you sit down there, I'll come down to you. Well, you know, I had that hip replacement. And in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm not feeling good about my hip replacement. And this young man here is not going to be with us before long. It's just, He's an, he's an inspiration, bro.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes it just brings back the reality of it all, and you know, the the personal stories of we hear all the time in NASCAR, and, and we've seen this time and time again. again. Um, and I think this just kind of personifies that that everything as a community is. More like a family than it is anything else, and you know when somebody's hurt or somebody's injured or somebody's uh, passed away or somebody's sick or whatever the case may be, uh, you know so many people in this sport band around that um, as a whole, and, and you know this this just again just kind of personifies that on exactly you know what people do in this sport to bring the community. And the personal connections um from drivers, from media, from all the people that work in the sport. And, uh you know, this is just one of those stories that just kind of personifies that.
3: That's right, brother. And like I said, uh, I'm not going to apologize because I told that young man he can have the whole, ever how long he wanted. So uh, when we come back, we're going to take a little quick break, listeners. Uh, we're going to come back and we'll talk about the championship four and the uh, NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series, NASCAR Xfinity Series, and the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. We're going to take a little quick break. We're going to listen to a little bit of uh, what have I got? I'm going to play real. I love them, everyone, but T.J. Shepard. We'll be right back. Again, I'm Tim Spain, live in Talladega, Alabama. He is Stephen Woodson, live uh, in the com Studio there about that Saturday, we'll be right back after this from
0: TJ Shift.
7: I've known some pain. In lover's mood Some I never really knew Though I always wanted to Some I only met once in a room Some said they liked my smile Others of them stayed a while While others left me on the run I have to say mm, I love the live M1
8: I'm NASCAR driver Daniel Hemrick, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio.
3: We're back live from Talladega, Alabama. Again, I'm Kevin Spang, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. Stephen, Ford four championship weekend there, brother. We capped off three champions, Matt Crafton in the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series, uh, Tyler Reddick there in the NASCAR x Series, and Kyle Busch. In the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, there we had three different manufacturers and three different series. Uh, your thoughts on the weekend, brother? Uh it it was awesome, except for that long rain delays there on Friday night.
4: Well, um, yeah, the rain delay kind of kind of shifted things around a little bit, and kind of put a little damper. But I don't think uh, Matt crafting cared too much. If, you know, he he probably wouldn't have cared if it rained all night long, uh and he won the next day. Um, he won the championship and uh and, you know, this this is the second year that we've had <coughs> we've had all three, um, manufacturers win. Um, same thing happened last year with uh Toyota, Ford and Chevrolet. Um each of the manufacturers winning, so, you know, it, it just kind of shows that the, the competition is different in each series, and, and while Ford doesn't technically have a large foothold in the truck series, um, mainly and primarily because, you know, they run spec engines, and there's nothing really that Ford produces other than, uh, the bumpers and the, the bumpers in the park rail, um, to give it its identity on the truck. Uh, I think really goes for Chevrolet. I'll tell you what, too. Um, eh, I mean, there's a four nine inch rear end that all trucks and cars use in NASCAR, but still, you know, that most people uh, aren't looking at that, looking at the rear end of, of the truck. But um, it just shows that the competition is a little bit different in each series. And um, you get three different manufacturers win, one winning in each series. and I think that just shows that um, while you may have a, a lack of competitiveness in, in the Cup Series with your Racing winning 18, 19 races and the championship, and having three out of the four drivers in the, uh, 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 the playoffs, um, you know you, you still got competition that's across the board. And uh, I think you know, over the last eight. Um, what uh, was it, 18 years, that 19 years, 19 years, 18 years, whatever it is, that they've won this championship in town in South Florida. Um, you know, I'm kind of sad to see it go. Um, and I really, uh, I think it's a good place to have the championship. Um, you know, we start the season in Florida and, uh, Daytona, and we ended in Florida in, uh, in Miami, so, um. It's been a good track, and it's put on some compelling racing over the years and definitely put on a lot of compelling racing in the Truck Series and the Xfinity series this past weekend. Um, you know, uh, Phoenix has a, a lot to live up to um, when they take the championship on in 2020.
3: Steven, like you said there, uh, NASCAR's uh, taking the uh... – Championship weekend away from Homestead, Miami Speedway there with Neil Guckers and a bunch there. They're going up to Phoenix. What do you think we're looking at at that race there? I know there's a lot of – I've seen a lot of a lot of radio traffic on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else about some of our fans are not happy about NASCAR moving this race from Homestead, Miami Speedway to Phoenix International Raceway or PIR or whatever it's called now. Do you think it's time that we do that, or do you think we need to leave the championship race, like you mentioned, in Homestead, Miami Speedway, or should we spread it around to every track that we run on the circuit?
4: Um, I, it would be kind. Of, it would be kind of hard to to spread it around, um, all over the place because you you can't go to the Kentucky or Illinois or Iowa or New York or Virginia or even. North Carolina and South Carolina at this time of the year um maybe if some things change where the series, the schedule is shortened up and we end start ending the year in September or early October, then I think we have some more viable options um but you know if the the series if the series schedule stays like it is and we end um next year're we going to end at the beginning of November this year it's in the middle of November, so um you know, the, the 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 options really are limited, and even Daytona this time of year can get a little chilly. So, um, I mean, we even what was it this weekend? Like 50 degrees one day down in uh, Miami. So, um, you know, every other sport moves their stuff around, and you know, football is not, uh, it, um, it plays their games in rain and snow and sleet and cold weather. So it's not a big deal for them um, most baseball teams are indoor these days and a few that aren't um, you know uh, uh, they the, the few that don't um, they're to, uh, some of them are in colder areas anyway so I don't think the cold would rather bother them um, but for for this it's just uh, you know we've 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 just it's hard. It's a hard It's hard for NASCAR to kind of put this thing together. Um, I think Phoenix really does have a lot to live up to, and they really have a lot to live up to after the last 18 or 18 years at, at Homestead Miami, Speedway, and what they've been able to do with this championship. Um, could we move it around? Yes, but I think the options are very limited. Um, Texas can kind of be cold at this time of the year, too. Uh, Funny enough, um, you know, everywhere we go, we've got one problem or the other. If we keep this schedule the way that it is, um, and I think that's why we have to pick a place like Miami or Phoenix or Southern California, auto close Speedway, Sonoma, um, if we're going to have long-term um, championship races at this time of the year. And, you know, these things can be fluid, and they can move around, and really we don't know what they're going to do in 2021. And even thinks doesn't have a guarantee past 2020 if that race is going to come back there for the championship or not. And I know Steve had was kind of asked that question, and he said, you know, they're working on the 2021 schedule as it is, and they'll release it sometime in around April of 2020. So... Whether it stays there in Phoenix beyond uh, in 2020, don't know. Nobody does. Only NASCAR does, or whatever their thinking is at this point. I would assume that they're just not going to move it there one year to move it back. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, we've gone long enough in Homestead, Miami, that we can kind of say that this is a this is a good place, um, a good compromise uh, with. Uh, um the championship being there, it has variable degree banking there it's uh It's nice weather this time of year, and uh what better setting really than South Florida to end your season?
3: Hey, man, brother? I definitely agree. I made the check down there for the last two years, and you know just like I mentioned, some of the social media stuff and all, they don't want it to go out there. And with that, putting, with that being said, even putting a stress on the teams going all the way across to all the way across the country to Phoenix versus coming down to Homestead, I know both of them are long treks. But like you said, what are we looking at to gain, as far as a sport, moving the championship weekend for the trucks? To X-Finish Series and the Cup to Phoenix. Are we getting further out west and getting away from the local fans of NASCAR on the east coast that can make the trek down to Homestead, but can't make the trek to Phoenix, Stephen?
4: Um, I don't know the rationale. Um, it's it's hard to say what, what what NASCAR is trying to gain out of this. Um well I mean I mean really what did NASCAR have to gain by having and we all grew up in a sport where the final race was in Atlanta. So That's I mean, right. this isn't you know, this isn't an unprecedented like we've always run this championship at the same place, at the same time, at the same date you know, every year, you know, we we used to finish this thing in Atlanta. I grew up in a sport where Atlanta was the last race of the season. You did too. Um, you know, I think that, you know, a change of location from time to time can be good. I think that, you know, we're trying to capture a different audience um, by trying to share that wealth around. Um, and what I mean by that is is that, yeah, you're right there's a lot of people here on the East Coast that isn't going to make the 2,000-mile journey out there to Phoenix, but you've got a lot of people that have been asking for more racing out there on the West Coast and the central plains that are much closer that are going to make that trek, and it gives them a new and different experience. Um, I think we have to get through this year or 2020 and 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 see what NASCAR comes up with 2021, and I think that will determine maybe a long-term direction as to, um, you know, what, what NASCAR is going to do with the championship. And I know there's been, again, it's been like the, the discussion about moving the all-star race around. We're the only sport in the world that the all-star race is ran the same weekend, the same month, at the same place, at the same time, every year except for one when they moved it to Atlanta and then they moved it promptly right back to Charlotte. So you know, there's been discussions about that, about why we don't do that, but I think we have a good reason there. You know, these 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 drivers, these crews, everybody's on the road for thirty eight weeks out of the year, giving them a home game for for the all star race, for the family, the friends, for all the people that don't get to go to the races, that don't get to see them compete, that that build and work on these cars, but the only thing they can do is watch it on television um, and cheer from afar, I think we have a good and compelling reason to keep that into Charlotte. And I think with the championship, I think the opportunities are we're trying to maybe spread some of that around by giving, again, NASCAR, uh, listening to the fans, saying that they want new experiences, they want more racing, and this is an opportunity for them to take new and new experiences to them in in Phoenix and we see where this goes and maybe NASCAR says after twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one they said okay, let's go back to homestead or maybe they say, Well we're gonna commit to five years here and then maybe we'll look at something else and move this around every couple of years to somewhere that everybody gets to share in the experience. So, you know, I think there's all kinds of reasons for and I guess it's really hard to tell at this point, but you know, we'll First, NASCAR has already acknowledged, and they've made the important step of acknowledging that the racing that they saw at Phoenix was not uh, up to par on what they want to see in the championship race, and they have work to fix it. And I think that direction there says that you know they're they're listening to the fans yet again. And I know I keep kind of harping on it, but you know it's kind of a strong statement when when NASCAR it, it admits that there's been a mistake, and they're working to correct it, and they continue to listen to the fans, and I think the fans drive this sport um, more than anything else, and while we have the teams and the drivers and the RTAs and the sponsors and everybody else, I think NASCAR, their position is to put on the most compelling racing everywhere they go, regardless of whether it's the championship or not, and this gives them an opportunity to say, give us a chance, let's go back out there, we're, we're, we're going to make the changes that make this racing better and more compelling, and give us that opportunity to go back and let us show you what we can do. And I think that's really also, and we didn't know this when it was first announced that Phoenix would get this race, but now we have an opportunity that the fans get to see what NASCAR is going to work on to give them the most compelling race for the championship in twenty
3: twenty. That's right, brother. I definitely agree. And let's move on. let's move right on along, Steve. Let's get the Nascar Gander Outdoors Truck Series champion there, Matt Crafton. His interview there at the Media Center, Homestead Miami Speedway, after he won the twenty nineteen championship there in the NASCAR Gander
0: outdoors truck Series. Alright, the champs are here.
9: he didn't even drink any of them, we
0: are here with the 2019 NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series Championship Team. And that is the driver, Matt Crafton, who has won his third championship following championships in 2014, 2013, and, 20, and this 2019 champion, tying Jack Sprague for second on the all-time list and one behind NASCAR Hall of Famer Ron Hornaday Jr., crew chief junior joiner, and Thor Sport Racing GM David Pepper. Uh, gentlemen, maybe just an opening comment from each of you. Uh, we'll start off with you, Matt, uh, climbing up the uh, the ranks in the record books here in the, in the Gander Outdoor Truck Series, tying Jack Sprague. How does that feel, one behind a Hall of Famer?
10: Oh, it, it's, it's an unbelievable feeling to be able to have three, and uh, just the whole group behind me. I mean, Duke and Ron Thorson, Menards, uh, and every one of these guys that build these trucks every week I mean, junior and I are just the lucky ones that I, I know he makes all the calls but at the end of the day these guys build these trucks and uh, we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to he makes the calls and I, I get to drive these things and the thing was phenomenal night uh, Hill had a, a rocket ship and there at the end of the race I felt like I could race him maybe harder, but at the same time I know I could have lost a lot of time racing him and at the end of the day It was about winning the war not just this battle
0: uh, junior, um, talk about this championship season, uh, for the 88 team, uh, certainly an interesting one, one of ups and downs, but, uh, the triumph, um, at the end of the race, like, like, uh, Matt just said, winning the war, not, uh, not necessarily the battles throughout the season. Yeah, that's all that matters is,
9: uh, we had a rough one. We've had a, a, a couple rough ones and, uh, you know, I've been waiting for a long time. I lost my mom earlier in the year and I've been waiting for the day that I could, I could tell her, thank you. And, uh, and I could give her one, and uh, we gave her the big one. You know, I've been waiting to win a race, and so I could dedicate it to her. But we're gonna win. We're gonna dedicate the award to her. And uh, she always came here. She was at both our championship wins. She lived down here, and uh, it was a hard one. It was a tough interview tonight. Um, I know I had an angel on my shoulder tonight. I was praying for no yellow at the end. Um, but I think her truck was good enough, and he was good enough on the restarts. Maybe we could have won the thing. Who knows? You know. But you just don't want that circumstance. You just want. We had like a 10 second delta. I wanted to keep it that way. So. Uh, it's been a rough year, uh, for sure. We've had a lot of lot of issues, but we've had speed. And uh, and we kind of made a pact that we were going to stick with a certain package, um, you know, dating back to last year. And I I feel like we're, I don't know, you're driving it. I feel like we're making gains on it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say
10: we made gains, without <laughs> a doubt. I mean, yeah, we, we haven't won. We didn't win tonight. And, uh, but at the end of the day, we can always say we won the battle. We, we got the big trophy at the end of the year. That's all that matters. And uh, it, it feels damn good, I'll tell you
0: that much. And then, David, for you, for you, uh, certainly an, an interesting, I guess you could be, use the word, uh, interesting season for Thor Sport Racing. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of mountains to climb on this one. Talk about reaching the top uh, here at Homestead.
11: You know, I just can't say enough about these guys and everybody at Thor Sport just uh,
0: calling right now, too.
11: That's our owner. <laughs> <laughs> Dude calling me. Um, <clears throat> just... The perseverance that everybody in this organization had. These guys tonight, you know, they, we get kicked. We we've had off nights. We've had tough weekends, and to end the season with the the championship and win the regular season championship, you know, this organization has the the big hardware. I know we didn't win as many races as we want to. We're going to come back next year and and really focus on that. But I, I just like to give. A lot of thanks to Duke and Rhonda Thorson for having faith in us and giving us the opportunity to do this and the perseverance that everybody had to, to win this deal. It's it's truly special.
0: All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, if you have a question for our championship-winning championship, championship winning team, please raise your hand. We'll get your mic. Start with Reed and then go to Lee.
11: Spencer with NASCAR Wire Service. Matt, um, the media center. in Virtue Lane, you seem to take quite a bit of satisfaction in proving people wrong. Um, How much of a motivating factor was it for you uh, to pretty much go in your face to the people who had written off the two-time
10: champion? Oh, there was nothing sweeter. To be honest, uh, you you, you were like, it it was that little jab in the side, and I don't know if I needed that, but at the end of the day, it's kind of just ticked me off. I mean, she's sitting next to me, so I'm just going to be really nice right now. So it's going to take me off a little bit, to just go, you know what? I want to prove you are really, really wrong tonight. And I, I, I knew I was going to go in and do whatever I had to do for every one of these guys, for Duke and Rhonda, and every one of these guys worked hard. But like I said, it was just that little bit of extra poking, and, and then to be able to say, I proved you wrong, boys.
0: Go up to the
2: Just knew you had to stay ahead of the, the three
10: guys you were contending with for a title. Yeah, that that was the toughest point because they, they were they were telling me uh, the 16 and the 51 were coming. Don't worry about those two, and m- me just had your head down, just racing hard. I'm like 51. I, mean, I got to worry about the 51. Oh wait, no, I don't, because I was thinking 51, 52. I mean, I guess that was just my bad, just not counting very well at that point. But. Uh, uh, I I, I Once they told me that the 24 was nine seconds back, and I'm like, and then they're saying you're gapping by three-tenths lap. And then being in the 16 race for a couple laps hard, and I'd, I'd catch him every once in a while. I'm like, man, I need to look at the big picture right here and not just worry about taking a chance at losing this, this championship. Let's just ride right here. And, but r- race as hard as I could without trying to do anything dumb to put the thing in the fence and uh, just go win the championship.
3: Steve, was that was Matt Crafton that ThorSport Thor- Thor- Thor racing there? One is, uh, I think it was his third uh, NASCAR Under Outdoors Truck Series Championship there at Miami Homestead Miami-Hom- Speedway. Your thoughts there? I know uh, you and I, our good friend uh, Ross Chastain was running also. He didn't. He run good, but he just didn't get there, brother. But your thoughts there on Matt Crafton? Um, uh, Matt Craftson has had a little bit of a
4: up and down tough season that you know that they keep him and Thor Sport facing has um, tried to overcome and we saw the adversity that they had at at uh, Las Vegas just a couple of weeks ago and engine issues that Elmore ended up saying was problems on their end that um, they took all the engines back and looked at them and diagnosed and found out what had happened and um, you know, I just, I just think that um, for Matt, it's uh, you know, he he's still at the top of his game. You're right; he's got three Truck Series championships, and I, I honestly, I just think that it just helps comp- propel ThorSport back to where they were um, before they had made the switch back back to fort.
3: That's right, and let's go. Let let's move right on along. You know, our time is limited. We don't have much time here left. And we're to hard to get off here, but let's listen to what um, uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series champion there, Tyler Reddick, Richard Shivers had to say in the in the motors media center there, Homestead, Miami Speedway.
2: Right here. Right? Right ran now, Randall?
5: No, Randall's already been in, so you
2: guys can pick up. Oh, we're good. Seat. Okay.
5: <laughs>
2: we got some. We uh we sprayed a lot of it already, so I wore a bottle or two.
3: Do you smell uh a little bit like that uh spray champagne right now?
8: I
7: like so. it. <laughs>
2: all right we are going to close out the evening with our race winning um driver for the champ for the nascar xfinity series
5: champion and the race today here at homestead tyler raddick driver of the number two richard childress racing chevrolet camaro this is tyler's second nascar xfinity series champion and um obviously he won last year and again this year and then richard childress joins us as the race race winning team owner this is Richard Childress Racing's fifth NASCAR Xfinity Series championship.
6: So, congratulations, Richard, on, the, on continued success there.
5: We will take um, questions for Tyler or Richard. If you have one, please raise your hand, state your name and affiliation, and we'll start with Jerry.
9: Jerry, Jerry Jordan, kickingthetires.net. Tyler, over the radio as you were making that last lap uh, across the finish line, you obviously went crazy, but coming down pit road,
2: uh, dodging the people. <laughs> what I were messed you? that up. Well, I knew we needed to get the tires checked, and I didn't want to, you know, go right to doing burnouts. I wanted to get that checked right away, and I, I thought I had to go down pit road to then come back out on, by turn one, so I should have just backed up, but, you know, it's it's all good. i got to make a mistake somewhere along the way. It's it's part of it.
9: Over your radio also, Wayne Alton comes over and says, you are a two-time champion. What did that feel like?
2: It was awesome. I mean, uh, the first one was, was special, but this one uh, means more, and it. it it's special in different ways on top of it uh you know from the from the moment me and Richard sat down last year about talking about doing something this current year and and how much you know excitement and faith he had in in my driving ability and he thought we could you know well before I won the championship of junior motorsports he, he thought I could be a champion and uh you know did it last year junior motorsports but this year we we did it more consistently had the most top fives and maybe not led the most laps but uh, we we tooth and clawed our way for every top five, every top ten, and um, that got us regular season championship, and that allowed us to you know go through the playoffs in a manner that allowed us to get here, even when we made a few mistakes along the way. So just hats off to this team. I, I wrecked a few really good race cars that we were planning on bringing here, and we brought our third option, and it was it was it was amazing. It was a great car, great team, and uh, we just we just did what we needed to do to win the championship and the race with it. All right. go ahead. Dustin on Front Stretch. Tyler, what's it mean to be the first driver to win consecutive championships
11: with two different teams?
2: It's awesome, but uh, like I said, it's it's really special to win it with, with Richard and, and this team, uh, you know, from, from the shop guys that, that don't get to travel, that, you know, were, we're expressing how excited they were to have me come in and how high their excitement level was, uh, just getting me more pumped up than, than even, you know, Winning a championship only only a week ago, having people tell me that how excited and enthused they are, went a long way and a a lot further than even I anticipated initially. And we hit the ground running in February with the pole and as much speed and 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 drive building in our car Daytona. You know, you know Randall was was telling me from from the get go, this thing's gonna be fast, it's gonna drive good, and that's kind of been what we've had all year long. And it's allowed me to be a better driver, drive smarter be more consistent even on some of the racetracks where I had a lot of learning to do. So, just an amazing team effort from everybody from the top down. Uh, It's just been a blast this year.
10: All right, Lee.
3: Steve, that was Tyler Rick there in the media center at at Homestead after winning his – I think it must have been his second NASCAR Nascar Defense Series championship deal there uh, with Richard Shooters. And he's moving on up to the Cup Series. He's going to replace Daniel Hemmer, Uh which also won the uh, NASCAR, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series uh, Rookie of the Year, brother. What's your thoughts on that?
4: Um, I think he has a lot to live up to when he moves over to the Cup Series. Um, last person who did this was Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And- the Cup Series, and um, I mean, we know how that turned out. But um, I think he just has a lot to live up to. I think he still has a lot to learn. Um, moving to uh, moving into the Cup Series for Richard Childress Racing is is a continued step forward in his progression of a driving career. But he's going to have a heck of a battle, what he's going to fight against Christopher Bell and Cole Custer, just as he's done this year. In
3: last year in, in, in the Xfinity Series. That's right, brother. It's going to be awesome. Let's move right on along. Uh, I don't think we really need to do anything on the uh, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series side there because of a little uh, Carol Bush dominant there. But uh, I want to give a big shout-out to my good friend. Uh, I've been friends with him for a long time, Mr. Daniel Hamrick. Uh, i started out with him back when he was in Super Late Models. There at uh, one of my other home tracks, uh, Montgomery Motor Speedway. There, and uh, I met him down there, and we've become really good friends. But uh, Steven, Daniel Hamrick won the uh, 2019 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Rookie of the Year. Let's let's tell a little bit about what he had said stay there in the media center, Homestead-Miami Speedway, because uh, he lost his ride there with Richard Chutters, but he's going to Junior Motorsports there next year, 2018 uh, 2020 in a, NASCAR, a part-time NASCAR Xfinity Series rival. Well, let's listen to what my good friend Daniel had to say in a minute earlier at home to my own
2: Alright, we're now joined by our Sunoco Rookie of the Year, Daniel Hemrick, the driver of the number 8 My Blue Chevrolet. Uh, Daniel, why don't you just start off by telling us what it means to uh, win this Rookie of the Year.
8: Yeah, it's pretty special, to say the least. Um, you know, I wish we were able to win the rookie of the year and have a couple more solid finishes throughout the year than what we had, but um, about five or six weeks ago, myself and Priest somehow had ended up tied with four or five races to go, so we knew we had to buckle down and really proud of this group for, for doing that. You know, it's tough for them, obviously, w- with me announcing my plans, you know, over the last couple of days. A lot of those guys' futures unknown, so it's easier for them to lay down. They didn't, you know, that they kept – continue to put their best effort in. Every single week, for the last three weeks, we're able to string three decent races together, tonight be being one of our best of the year. So uh, proud of these guys and just the, the heart they continue to fight with. And um, a lot of a lot of really important people in our sport have been able to take these honors home. So I'm gonna take pride in, in the rookie of the year title and look forward to what the next chapter.
2: Awesome, thanks. We'll open up to questions. We'll start up here in the front with Holly. And then we'll go to Jacob.
9: Daniel holly kane with the nascar wire service this was really an intriguing rookie of the year contest i mean it really it went back and forth it was tight and ultimately came down to this race could you just talk about that sometimes in other seasons it hasn't necessarily been so close but it certainly was this year
8: yeah you're right i think it's you know a combination of of a lot of things but you know this package in itself right a lot of unknowns to, to kick the year off and because of that it felt like there were times where we had made bigger gains than what the other rookie guys had and then next thing you know it's like we were behind and they were making strides so you know it's I feel like at times it can feel pretty volatile trying to figure out what path to go down but on the other side of it I feel like it made for a good race not only for our rookie of the year battle but throughout the entire season um, you know I, I wish it wouldn't have been as close as it was <laughs> we, we had to sweat way too much like I said over the last you know two to three months but um, really the, the dedication these guys com- you know committed to sticking to and putting the time and effort in um, it was cool to see everyone really kind of latch on to what the rookie year battle was I feel like I didn't get no questions about it throughout the summer months the next thing I know it's like oh hey there's a rookie battle and they're tied so I'm um, just very fortunate that we were able to come out on top tonight and a uh, ton of respect for Priest too that, that guy's devoted his life as well as his family devoted their lives to, to racing and to um, see a guy like that have have the opportunity he has uh, I'm pulling for him next year continue to be better and Hopefully, I can get back to this level and um, show why I belong here.
2: The really far left to Jacob,
6: Jacob Seelman, Speed Sport. Daniel, uh, you mentioned it off the top that this was one of your guys'
2: best runs of the season. Is it? Is it gratifying for you and, and for this team to have a, a statement run to close it out?
8: Yes and no, right? It's bittersweet. <laughs> you don't want to. You, you want to go out on good note for sure, but it's you know a, a spade being a spade. That's why I'm gonna call it right here. I mean, there's. So many different paths you can go down as a race team from car builds to downforce to drag and and all that stuff. And I felt like when we brought the car that I felt like what I needed in the the seat of the race car, what I felt like I wanted, what I needed week in and week out, we brought that particular race car four times out of 36 weeks. Um, That's frustrating. But I'm glad we were able to at least rally and uh, at least stay committed to the path of of bringing the best piece possible to Homestead. Um, Those guys could have just said, hey, you know, we got a car built already. With a different body, we'll come down here and see what happens, but that's not what they did. So, um, hate to whine about that. But just wish we had a little better fair shake at it. But it's uh, it's life. Not gonna cry about. It. Not gonna lose sleep about it. It's just part of it.
2: And Reddick
4: got the title last night. You get Rookie of the Year today. How how special is that to be able to
2: kind of bring some of these accolades to Richard in his 50th anniversary?
8: Yeah, I don't want that to get lost in things. You know, 50 years RCR has been in existence and. You know what Richard and Miss Judy and, and that organization has done for countless number of people um, throughout our industry you know they, they've changed lives and, and done it in bulk so um, to be able to see Redick do what he did between himself and his crew chief Randall and that whole group last night the job they did was was exceptional all year to, to bring RCR another extended Series championship and um, you know the beginning of every year we all you know set a certain amount of boxes that we all want to check and we will do a check-off a couple of those throughout the year and tonight was a big one that we wanted to accomplish. So, um, yeah, it just feels good to be a part of some kind of success and, um, yeah, just very thankful for the opportunity from, from RC and ECR and all the folks back in Welcome, North Carolina for the last three
3: years.
2: Do we have any additional
3: questions? on well, that being said there, we've closed out our coverage. It has been a long, drawn-out deal, brother. I know you're tired, I'm tired, Suzanne's tired, but we covered the twenty nineteen NASCAR Cup series, the trucks, the X-Fendi series, uh anything you wanna throw out there, maybe as far as one of your most passionate races this weekend. I mean this this year, I mean there's so many, but uh you got the floor, bro.
4: I think it's just been an interesting year, to be honest with you. Um, we made a lot of gains in places that we've tried to make gains at competition-wise, and um, I think that just continues to be um, that con- continues to be into the future. And I think that's really um, I was kind of sitting on the sidelines and you know, waiting to see how everything shook out, but. Um I think that we've made some gains in places that uh, we've been um you know, trying to, to make them for quite some time and you know, twenty twenty is uh, I'm sure will be a uh, a new year and we'll uh, see what happens. Awesome, brother.
3: And with that being said, I wanna thank you very much for uh being a host on both fires, radio network there, the Pit Stop Radio with Tiffany Stephen Wilson, and I want to thank you very much for hosting my website uh, there, PitStopRadio.net. And Stephen, we're going to Homestead. No, I, I'm messing up. I keep want to say we going to Daytona uh, next weekend, next year. But again. Uh, thank you very much for everything that you do For the sport And thank you very much for everything that you You do for myself and Suzanne And I want to thank uh, Your wife, A.M. I want to thank the two boys there uh, Is there anything we need to talk about Before we sign off, brother? I want to let you have the floor nope, nothing I can think of. Yeah, all right, brother, and we're gonna sign off, uh, Stephen. We got two more weeks. We're going to do two more teachers and then we're gonna jump out of here. I know uh, we might have Chris Knight from Catch dot com. Uh, he might jump in here and join us in the off season. I know he's staying down there in Key West this weekend, enjoying himself after his thirty eight race weekend. Uh, but Stephen, if you can, uh, let me know if. Uh, Chris Knight from CatchFence dot com can join us also, and we're going to sign out tonight. And we we will be back next Tuesday with uh, follow us on social media, and we will let you know who all we got. But again, I'm Tim Spain alongside Digest dot com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. We will talk to you next Tuesday evening live from Talladega, Alabama. Thanks, brother.
7: Good night of the dog.